0: Hi, this is Sean Fensky, editor of MPO Magazine, and I'm here speaking with uh, Mike Drews of Vascular Sciences for another episode of Mike on MedTech. This episode is going to be uh, uh, relevant to just about everyone in the audience, uh, as it we're addressing the latest uh, Medufa for uh, approval and, and signage into law, and what that means, what the changes are, what the significance is of this version. Uh, etc so without any further ado mike uh great to have you on another episode and thanks for uh speaking with uh MPO's audience once again
1: well thank you Sean it's always a pleasure uh to have the opportunity to speak with you and your audience
0: so let's let's get right into it i mean we've we had uh, you know congress pass and and trump sign into law the latest medufa medufa 4 uh so You know, this has been around for a while. What's the significance of this latest version?
1: So that's a great place to start, Sean. Uh, And first of all, I'd just like to point out to your audience that um, this is a little different kind of a topic than what we normally discuss in Mike on MedTech. You know, usually it's more in the intersection between regulatory and medical technology and so on. Uh, We don't usually get into politics. um, But in this particular case, I do think it's important to understand the ramifications of this newest version of the medical device user fee amendments or MANUFA. As you mentioned, Congress did just pass this into law, um, and it's scheduled to go into effect uh, October 1st of this year, just a few weeks from now. And uh, unless Congress changes it, it will be in effect through the end of September of 2018. And let me just point out that user fees are not necessarily bad. As a matter of fact, I think it would be naive for us at this point in the game not to have them. And I oftentimes, even before this latest version of MDUFA, I oftentimes hear my medical device friends complain about the medical device user fees. Well, to quote a famous politician, I often say, I feel your pain, but just just be glad that you're not working in drugs. Because in the pharma side of the world, the user fees are significantly more, actually a couple of orders of magnitude higher than the medical device user fees. But nonetheless, there are a couple of areas of this latest version of MDUFA that do really concern me well beyond just the few dollars of those fees in terms of uh, how they are going to impact. Uh, medical device development uh, in the short and and longer term future. I think putting things in perspective, you know, you, you and I both hear a lot of people talking about the medical device tax. Well, I think this latest version of Medufa has the potential to have a much bigger impact than the medical device tax for a couple of reasons. First of all, the device tax, <clears throat> pardon me, it really affects only uh, companies with devices that are already on the market, that already have revenue, and typically moderate to large size companies. User fees, on the other hand, um, uh, submission fees to the FDA, those affect medical device companies across the board. Um, Basically all medical device companies that have plans to bring a device onto the market here in the U.S., they obviously have to go through the FDA. Um, And here's a little interesting statistic for you and your audience, Sean, and that is 80% of medical device companies have 80 or fewer employees most of those very small companies have no revenue whatsoever so they don't really care to be honest about the medical device tax um, but what they do care very much about is fda user fees and one last thing that i'll mention uh... many of the devices that larger companies typically market they didn't they don't usually develop them from the beginning themselves what is much more common the case is those, comp- those larger companies will acquire those medical device technologies from small companies and startups. Um, and so there is uh, a, a, a very um, important and a very complex relationship going on here between medical device user fees and, uh, and, and product development.
0: Well, I know a lot of users are hoping that that device tax is either uh, suspended again for, you know, perhaps another another year or two, um, you know, because right now we're back on track to, to seeing it return, as you're, as you're well aware, uh, next year. But uh, hopefully at least that will be suspended, and then they just have to worry about MDUFA, uh fees. Um, well, that's,
1: that's, a, that's a good point, Sean, but just to be clear, <clears throat> I do think in my professional judgment as a, you know, as a PhD in biomedical engineering and somebody who's been working in this industry for 25 years now, I do think that the impact of MDUFA, um, as we'll get into in the coming minutes, um, has a potential, potentially much, much larger impact overall than whether or not we have a medical device tax.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you outlined the uh, the fact that every, you know, device manufacturer submitting any sort of product uh, or approval to uh, FDA is going to be impacted by Medufa. So, so let's let's get you know into the to the nitty gritty. What are the changes with MedDiva four? What are the you know fee increases? What you know what are the significant uh, uh, things that come a- come out of this legislation?
1: So another great question, Sean. Uh, my intention here is not just simply to reiterate what exactly all the different fees are. I mean, anybody can easily find those on the FDA website or a similar website. Um, but uh, my intention here is to explain uh, some what, what's, what's new and what's missing and what the ramifications are. But of the fees uh, that are there, There has been uh, a moderate increase across the board in virtually all of the existing user fees for all of the different submission types, Um, roughly about a one-third increase for uh, PMAs and, uh, uh, and a whole bunch of different things. Um, So that, and and that's, you know, to be fair, that's to be expected because everybody knows that uh, the costs of goods, you know, increase over time. So it makes sense to have some increase, even one-third increase in user fees. That, to me, doesn't bother me. But there are a couple of sections that do, specifically on the 510K side of the world, and as you and your audience uh, no, Sean. The 510k is clearly the workhorse of the medical device industry here in the United States. Mm-hmm. The user fee uh, for a uh, f- for a 510k for a moderate to large size company has uh, more than doubled, increased from about five thousand to about ten thousand uh, dollars in this latest version of uh, MedDufa, and for small companies small companies, meaning less than $100 million in sales, it's actually decreased uh, a few thousand dollars. Uh, It's now about $2,600. But let me come back to the 510k fee for the larger companies. To be honest with you, I have never heard a moderate to large size company tell me that we're going to not do a 510K or we're going to drop our 510K because we have to pay $10,000 as opposed to $5,000. So even a doubling of the 510K user fee for larger companies, um, we don't like it very much, but to be honest, it doesn't really bother me very much. Um, But on the small company side, it is nice to see a small reduction, about 13% in the 510K uh, filing fee. And for the small companies out there that are playing in the class three universe that are working on PMAs, um, the first PMA for a very small company having revenues of less than 30 million dollars is actually free. So that's a good thing um, in, in, in terms of those changes. Um, but I think what is most interesting to me here is what's new in the user fees and what's absent in the user fees. So let's talk about what's new first. The most the the, the the most significant addition, the most significant new user fee, is that there now is a user fee associated with the de novo. Up until now, there has been no user fee associated with the de novo. And let me be clear, I'm not against having a user fee for a de novo. I think if we're going to have user fees, we should have them probably for all of the different submission types. But what does, discor- what was, what does concern me quite a bit is the numbers. The uh, user fee for a de novo for a... Uh, moderate to large size company is about ninety three thousand dollars and for a small company it's about twenty three thousand dollars comparing that to the 510 K the de novo user fees are ten times more than the 510 K user fee the question is why I have no idea to be (laughs) fair A de novo is a little bit more work for the FDA. After all, new regulation has to be created. A new product code has to be created. In some cases, new special controls have to be created. But is is it 10 times more work for the FDA than a 510K? Absolutely not. So I think if we're gonna have de novo user fees, they should be comparable or perhaps very slightly higher than a 510K, but certainly not. A uh, you know, a ten times increase. I mean, Sean, you've been working in this business for a long time. Can you think of any better way to stifle innovation or perhaps even kill innovation than by creating those kind of user fees for the DeNovo? Uh, keep in mind, though, that there are still some very significant uh, advantages that the DeNovo offers over the 510K despite those user fees. Simply put, You know, we've created lots of incentives for companies to develop me-toos. And let's be honest, a 510K, by its very nature of substantially equivalent, another way to to think of that, it's a me-too. So we have lots of incentives to create um, products that we already have, (coughs) me-toos. Pardon me. And at the same time, lots of disincentives for companies to come up with truly new or novel products like the DeNovo offers us. Uh, it seems to me that this is just another example of that does that make yeah. sense
0: oh absolutely i would i would certainly agree with you um you know every you know we hear from politicians and and you know other uh, you know associations we need to you know spur innovation we need to uh increase uh competition. We need to come out with new and exciting healthcare products and help bring down the cost. And then yet we, we see, you know, uh, user fees in that de novo, you know, significant increases where exactly like you said, you know, there's, there's not going to be much else to, to stifle innovation than increasing costs for trying to put forth those new and exciting products.
1: Very unfortunately, Sean, I do have to agree with you. Just like you, I hear politicians on the TV all the time saying we want to do all that we can to encourage innovation and competition and this, that, and the other thing. Um, But with all due respect, talk is cheap and one of the reasons why i'm taking this opportunity to discuss this issue with you and your audience is because it seems to me maybe i'm missing something but it seems to me that one of the biggest effects of this new version of medufa is that it's actually going to have the opposite of what you and i are just uh, describing
0: absolutely now earlier you had mentioned that you know without that the the law would go into effect october 1st and without changes made by congress uh you know it, it would extend through I, i'm sorry i apologize i forget the date september september uh, of, of september. 2018 okay 2018 uh is there a precedent for medufa changes happening during the term of it of its use or is it typically uh do those changes typically come after the, uh, the bill, you know, the current version expires and the new one. Do we see changes, you know, m- mid mid-period or is it typically with the next version? That's
1: a terrific question, Sean. The short answer is, I don't know. I'm not an attorney, nor do I play one on TV. (laughs) I don't know if there is precedent for Congress making a change. I mean, it would seem to me, and I do not have a J.D. after my name. I have a Ph.D. after my name, but not a J.D. It seems to me that if Congress wanted to um, unring the bell, so to speak, and make a change, uh... i'm not sure what would be preventing them from doing that but i can tell you that that is going to have to come from congress because you know fda does get blamed for a lot of things and in some cases i will put the responsibility on the fda but many times what people don't realize is fda can only do what congress tells them to do and um, uh... so the the meduva fees as i understand it have already been approved and are going into effect uh... and so fda has to enforce them if and when Congress makes a change to them, then which I hope that might happen, uh, then we can certainly talk about it. Uh, but in the absence of something coming from, from Congress, uh, I'm not sure what else can, can be done in that regard. So coming okay. back to what we were just talking about, Sean, so I, I, I mentioned the one new user fee uh, for the de novo that's now into effect. I also see a huge gap Something that's not uh, in the current user fees, and that is, there is still no user fee for a pre-submission meeting or a pre-sub with the FDA. Now, let me be crystal clear on this: I am not advocating the formation of any new user fees, including for the pre-sub. But if the government really wanted to make some money to uh, to pay for some of the expense that's involved in these processes. Uh, instituting a fee on the de novo is a trivial thing. It's chump change, because last calendar year, there were less than 50 de novos that came through the FDA. On the pre-sub side of the universe, as you and I have talked about before, there were over 2,000, I think about 2,300 pre-subs that went through the FDA in uh, last calendar year. So I would have no problem with a modest user fee for the pre-sub, perhaps $1,000 or maybe $2,500, something in that range, uh, for a number of reasons, not the least of which is to make sure that everybody takes this process uh, seriously. But because I'm such a huge fan of the pre-sub process, Sean, and again, we've talked about this before, I'm down at FDA doing pre-subs about once a month, so there's not many people that have more experience with that process than I do. I actually take this user fee suggestion a step further. I would propose actually that pre-sub meetings remain free um, and for companies that make a regulatory submission, uh, a 510 ka de novo, a PMA, what have you, without first having a pre-sub, because a pre-sub is not mandatory those companies get imposed a fee maybe we call it we did not bother to have a pre-sub meeting fee the reason why i like that particular suggestion is because the pre-sub process when we use it properly it can save not just the company but it can save the fda so much time and money in the long run Um, that they just think that it's, it's it's a huge win. You know, unfortunately, most people don't look at user fees like this. I think that if we're a little bit creative, we can actually use user fees to create incentives and disincentives. You know, years ago when I was working on my MBA, one of my professors said something very profound. He said, if you want more of something, you create incentives. If you want less of something, you create disincentives. So we shouldn't penalize people for fees for doing the right thing. On the contrary, we should penalize companies who don't take advantage of the pre-sub by imposing uh, a fee on them. Something to to, to, to think about anyway. Yes,
0: yeah, certainly. Uh, uh, as you said, you don't want to advocate for increasing fees, but perhaps a a submission that did not have a pre-sub uh, uh, meeting would would pay a higher fee due to potential, you know, obstacles or, or more, uh, more work by the FDA in getting that approval through or clearance through. Um, it's
1: kind of like, and I don't know if this is a great comparator, but it's kind of like charging people, uh, charging smokers more money for their health insurance or for their life insurance than for people that don't smoke. You know, exactly. they are a higher risk group, so they are more expensive. For companies that don't have a pre-sub meeting, um, um, I won't go so far as to say they're in a higher risk group, but I think I think you get the the comparison.
0: Absolutely. So, so I think the the uh, an important question for companies uh, out there are are those companies that are currently going through the process, or perhaps they're just about to to submit for approval. Uh, you know, what, what do they do? Like you said, these, these rules go into effect in, in a matter of weeks. Uh, what do the, the companies do who are just about to submit and all of a sudden they see this fee increase? You know, what, what are they left to do?
1: Well, that's a terrific question, Sean, and uh, the reason for my, my little bit of laughter here is because I'm literally right in the middle of this right now. Uh, you know, we talked about the uh, medical device tax uh, a few minutes ago. Uh, the ramifications of this particular version of MDU- of Medufa are coming in literally as we speak. Um, Granted, I only uh, work in a small part of the medical device universe at any one particular time. I might be working with, say, a couple of dozen different medical device companies. So my view is admittedly a little bit limited, but I can tell you that I have three companies right now who have either already decided or are strongly considering changing their regulatory strategy, specifically because of this new version of MDUFA going into an effect in a few weeks. Two of the companies that I'm referring to are small companies. One of them, uh, and they both have de novo pre-sub requests into the FDA. In uh, one case, um, the meeting was already scheduled for next month, The company has already notified the FDA that they are withdrawing their request and canceling that meeting in order to try to make their de novo submission prior to this $23,000 fee going into effect on October 1st. The second company, also a small company, uh, we have the meeting request in. We have not been scheduled a specific date yet, but the company is going through exactly that same sort of a calculation right now. And the third and perhaps the most troubling example uh, is a company I just got an email from this morning. This is a moderate-sized company. This is in the, you know, $100 million-plus range. They are now converting their are uh, new de novo to a me too five ten k specifically in order to avoid the ninety three thousand dollar fee they 're a moderate sized company so they don 't qualify for the the reduced fee but still to them ninety three thousand dollars for a de novo submission is nuts and uh, and these are just three data points that i 'm aware of right now. I see no reason to suspect there 's going to be more to come so the short answer to your question of what the companies who might be in this position do right now well definitely consider your options you know my approach to regulatory consulting is always to give people all of the different options they have in the advantages and disadvantages to each of them and then to try to work together to come up with an option that makes the most sense given your circumstances so definitely consider your options but on the other hand don't be penny wise and pound foolish yes $23,000 23000 or even $93,000 can sound like an awful lot of money. But put that into perspective, if we rush to get a submission finished in order to avoid this deadline, only for it to get kicked back to us uh, with 46 deficiencies, you know, what is the cost of the time and the money going back and forth with, P- with FDA in order to fix all of those problems? So consider all your options, but don't be penny wise or pound foolish either.
0: Yeah, exactly. I, I think you make a lot of good points and uh unfortunately that's that's all the time we have uh for this this episode of Mike on MedTech. But I hope uh uh you know, as always Mike Drews was able to provide some clarity and I hope the discussion uh addressed many of the questions that, that you yourself are having, you know, in, in hearing about the the passage and the, uh, the new changes that have come about as a result of MADUFA 4. So, um, as always, if you have any questions or suggestions for a, a, a topic for us to discuss, please email it. The link is uh, below. And uh, we'll look to uh, address those questions or topic in a future edition of Mike on MedTech. Until then... Uh, On behalf of uh, Mike Drews, I'd like to thank you for tuning in, and we'll speak with you next time.